0: the podcast where we get to hear from cool people like current fellows, alumni, and other business leaders and entrepreneurs in the Indianapolis area. Today, we've got a bit of a fusion because the person in this interview is both an OR alumnus and an entrepreneur. His name is Tanner Halbig, OR alumnus of the class of 2014 host company Angie's List. He's a pretty cool guy with a pretty cool story. And before we get to the part about him starting his own company within a week of being a part of a company-wide layoff, I'd like to have him introduce himself a little bit.
1: Well, I'm Tanner Halbig. uh, So I'm from Evansville, Indiana, originally, southwestern part of the state, and I'm the youngest of four kids. I have three older siblings, the oldest two of which are significantly older than me 10 and 12 years older um so I I kind of grew up and was a was an uncle by the age of 10 and still kind of get called the baby even though I'm 27 years old so it's you know it's funny but um I uh I, I went to school in Evansville for high school Evansville North and then ended up coming up to Indianapolis and went to Butler Started out thinking I was maybe going to be a lawyer after I graduated, and then wound up studying finance, and that's what I graduated with. I guess an interesting fact, if I had had to give one. So the first time I I've, I've traveled a decent amount internationally, but the first time I uh, traveled outside the country was to Nicaragua on somewhat of a mission trip, and we hiked a volcano and took toboggan sleds up with us and then were able to sled down the mountain or the volcano because of, uh, it was just like a very fine kind of rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a very interesting experience, I tell people. I like, I've been sledding down a volcano. And most people don't have that one.
0: Like I said, pretty interesting guy, right? And we haven't even gotten to the good stuff. Well, when he started his job at Angie's List, he was originally in finance, but thanks to curiosity and a bit of luck, he was able to make a path for himself into the world of
1: multimedia. The parts of it that I loved were just, I got to meet a ton of people, talk to a ton of people, and find out kind of what what on a day-to-day wasn't going well, like what tools they were using, what systems, what their sales process actually was. So that was... That was pretty fascinating, um, and I helped start a few other things in that first year. And within Angie's list, I—I I don't know if that, I think it might have been my second year, but I ended up meeting the SVP of technology of Angie's List. And what does SVP mean? So she's a senior vice president uh, of technology, and um, I went into the meeting. <clears throat> it was kind of set up through the or. Uh, they knew we were all fellows, and they're like, hey, we'll set you up with mentors. I'd had some experiences that didn't go all that great with mentorship, and with her being in tech, I was like, okay, this woman's going to have no idea what I'm interested in um, or what I'm passionate about. And sat down, met with her. Fast forward now, I mean, six-plus years, and she is still an advisor to my business. I She was one of the first people to tell me that she thought, I would start my own business, uh, or start my own, or run an organization someday. So that was a, a relationship that came directly through the OR Fellowship. And then most people, when they hear that I run a video production and marketing business, are like, "Wait a second! Wait a second! You were a finance major. You started out in internal consulting. Like, what happened? Did you just like, like, just lose your mind?" Or w-? and and really, it was I, I started freelancing. I had never done video, never touched a camera, and started freelancing during the fellowship. I had some fellows who were in my class that said, "Oh, you're interested in video? You got to talk to Bo, and you got to talk to this other friend of ours, Lexi." And uh, so that's how I kind of got connected. In I had coffee with some of those people. I knew nothing about video. They were, you know, kind enough to humor me and sit down with me and I, uh, I really kind of started freelancing at that point, just working on little projects on the side, then was able to transfer internally at Angie's List to multimedia, my second year of the fellowship.
0: When Tanner told me that he originally majored in finance and then switched to multimedia, I too had the reaction most people have. What the heck makes a person jump so drastically in their career? Well, the answer is simple. While Tanner hasn't always considered himself an artist, he's always been infatuated with
1: stories. Video really came out of in um, the people. If anyone listens to this, but it, they won't. Oh, see, I hope, they, I hope yeah, hopefully, people listen, listen to this. But definitely for you, you can see behind directly behind you is a bookshelf full of books. Which are from all throughout my life. I I have read a ton. I've read a lot of different books and have always been really really obsessed with stories. I guess so. Production was another thing for me that I was just always fascinated by. Film I was a huge uh, you know film buff, and I I, I think um, just the the prospect of like taking a camera and and telling a story through it um like giving people my perspective was was kind of very interesting. I've always been a very creative individual but was never what you would call an artist or artistic. I sucked at ceramics. I was god awful at drawing. I mean like my brother, the oldest one in the family, who now is is a developer and president of my dad's company, he's very artistic. I was just kind of creative. So it gave me an avenue for for funneling, I think, my creative energy into that I, I absolutely loved.
0: And with such a desire to learn, Tanner used his resources, learning from an internal media marketing employee that was his mentor for his final year
1: during the fellowship. I mean, so, and I guess the reason that I was able to transfer internally at Angie's List, I'll say this too, mm-hmm. Uh, they hired a guy out of Chicago who had actually worked in film, was very, very experienced. And I like just learned under this guy for a year. And when he would go on smoke breaks, I would go on a smoke break with him. I don't smoke, but like if uh, we, he hadn't eaten lunch, I'd be like, Hey Scott, let's go to Wendy's. Let's go uh, grab something. So I could just sit there and pick his brain and learn and him and I, and that's kind of how it went. Him and I were you know, friends as well and got to know each other. But he was the guy. He was the guy. He was my mentor for a year who taught me everything he knew about video. And I just soaked it up like a sponge.
0: But alas, Tanner's time at Angie's List would come to an end. Two months after his fellowship ended, Tanner was a part of a company-wide layoff.
1: Well, uh, you know, he I still remember the day he was, I think, out traveling in California and um, this is kind of a funny story. I haven't told many people this, except he's the only one that knows this. We uh, so we all get let into this room because it's like, okay, all department meetings called, like we see the HR people breaking out boxes, like, and everybody in their minds like, holy crap, this is it. Like we're about to all lose our jobs. So we get let in uh, myself and 60, 70 other people in this room. They say the VP of marketing comes in and he goes, as of today, your positions have all been terminated. I mean, I had been with the company for three and a half years and had been in a variety of roles. And so at that point, it's just like you're kind of shocked. You're like trying to mentally calculate how much you have in your bank account. Cause you're like, Oh, how long is that gonna last me? You know, you're going through this like freak out panic session. And meanwhile, I'm thinking of my mentor, Scott, he's out in California, and obviously we didn't know the extent of like who was laid off or, but it was just like people who were two levels above me, senior directors had been laid off. So I call up Scott and I'm like, Hey man, we just lost our jobs. And he's like, what? Like, oh, that, man, what's going on? That sucks. Like I hadn't heard anything. Well then a few days later, Somebody within HR calls him and he's like, I know, I know. We Everybody got laid off. We lost your job. So I'm like, actually, you didn't get laid off. So I told this guy he lost his job and then he found out that he hadn't. So I, I did learn a lesson there to maybe not tell people. I mean, it was OK. I could have told him that I lost my job, but I just assumed at that point. So anyway.
0: Despite getting let go, Tanner didn't let it bother him. Yes, he was shocked scared and even a little of a loss of what to do but thanks to some encouragement from mentors he decided to start his own business and he didn't wait long either one week later he launched his business i know i've said it many times already but i'm going to say it again because i could not imagine anything more stressful
1: so so my company's uh the name of its pathos So the slogans, video-powered marketing. We essentially do everything from pre-production to production to post-production. And then really there's kind of three, there's also kind of three components within video that I would say I more consult to. Like that's not actual, like sometimes it's more of uh, just the part of the value that clients get with working with me, but the hosting, the analytics, and the strategy are kind of three core components uh, to the video as well. And I guess maybe some background on the name. Pathos really, from the Greek, means feeling emotion. Uh, The whole idea was to emotionally connect people to their uh, target audience and then help them build credibility within their industry. So that's kind of the ethos part of it. It's that credibility. So a lot of times I'll do content that's more web focused. that's on social media within the past like 10 years the everything has changed in terms of production because it used to be everybody had to pay 10 plus thousand dollars to like get a video made because it was commercial production it would air on tv like web wasn't as big of a thing now i mean A lot of companies are really targeting web and social media more than anything. So it's kind of opened up this door for this other type of content that doesn't necessarily need to have a full crew. And so for me, a lot of times I can operate as a one-man crew and come in and do a documentary style kind of video that helps explain the purpose behind a company, um, why they started, what they do. And take, you know, maybe three or four interviews and boil it down into an engaging video that they can they can send to clients or they can send, you know, and put on like the landing page of their website. So there's a lot kind of within that. The big part was I just wanted to come in and help people understand how to do storytelling and video well.
0: And over the past two plus years, Tanner has worked with companies ranging from manufacturing, financial services, tech, many of which he never imagined he would be doing video content for. But if there's one thing he's learned this far, it's that everyone needs more content. Even with his success now, Tanner talks about how uneasy, but exciting, starting his own business was.
1: I'll say this, every... A lot of the decisions I've made in in my life have usually come with a, a few, maybe counselors or advisors or people kind of around me. I've already kind of mentioned my parents. My dad, he's he's definitely somebody that I turn to, reach out to when I have business related questions. But the and most people just assume that that's like, oh, you just probably always wanted to start your business and your dad did not and then it was like, and and I that was not the case at all. I had started freelancing. I have a buddy named Dante here in Indy. He played, he was a linebacker at William & Mary in Virginia. And so pretty athletic guy, a lot bigger than me, a lot stronger. And so I try not to ever lift weights with him because he just, you know, makes me, it just, it's just, <laughs> it's it's demoralizing. But he, he really was a, a friend that I met maybe six, seven years ago and has has consistently been somebody who kind of pushes me outside of my comfort zone and i had only been laid off i think a day or two when him and i sat down for coffee on the near east side of indianapolis i was talking to him at that point about well maybe i just kind of continue freelance see how that goes and then start just interviewing around maybe take a week or two off you know i was like thinking well i'm just going to kick back here and and just relax and process and I just finished the two years of the fellowship and he kind of challenged me. He said, why don't you actually get a website together, actually put together a reel of all of the stuff you've shot and then put out a LinkedIn article saying like, Hey, this is, these are my next steps. This is what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm going to like, why don't you just go for it? Why don't you start your own business? And I was like, well, that sounds great, but I've, I've only like been laid off for two days. And I mean, the prospect of like, how am I going to get all that done in like four or five days? And he's like, Hey, let's do it. We'll meet up for coffee again at this point and have everything ready to go. And we'll hit, we'll hit the launch button. And so that's what I did. I mean, it was stayed up multiple nights Till three, four in the morning, working on stuff, and and really kind of just put a very heartfelt reflection together in this blog post uh, that I did through LinkedIn, and I mean it was absolutely incredible. I mean the title of it is, I think it was like you know our future's not determined by our setbacks, but by the response to those. Something like that. And I, I mean, it was a very positive. I, I like didn't trash Angie, Angie's list. I was just like, I met some of, you know, some of the smartest people, some of the people who really inspired me to do what I'm doing, valued all of that and how much people poured into me. And then this is what I'm excited about. This is what I'm doing. And I mean, that blog post had insane amounts of shares, comments, likes, I started having leads rolling from people who were like, hey, I heard you're starting your own business. Hey, we're thinking about video. And so now that I, when I look back on it, I think as as we had kind of said that week, he's like strike while the iron's hot. That made a huge difference. I think in my mentality and how I was like from day one, just going out and going after it versus I think a lot of times we want to be a little more comfortable with things and not start a business or something out of a layoff. But the reality is it's like a lot of people go through layoffs in their careers. And for me to just come out and like advertise that, I think a lot of people were like encouraged by that. So which was the point.
0: Despite the fast turnaround, Tanner got down to business, writing out a business plan and getting things sorted before flipping the switch.
1: I wrote a business plan probably within those first, you know, week or two. And as I started assembling kind of advisors around me and people were telling me, you need to have this and you need to have financial goals, like it doesn't matter, just come up with a number. And for me, I was like, like, I'm going to be happy if I barely make half of the amount of money I made working a corporate job, you know, and it was like, so my bar was super low, you know, meanwhile, then I get going throughout the year and realize like, oh, I can actually do a little better than this, you know, which is, is a, is a really fun thing. But I think the, the process of a business plan, and if you don't know how to write a business plan, it's like, there's, there's definitely things you can research online to help you out. But, you know, I I think also just getting feedback from people on it. Like, what do you think about this? And like, uh, yeah, like when you first start out, you don't have much of a chance to like research your competitors when you're on a weak turnaround. Pricing is kind of up in the air. And so you're just kind of like, I was really operating off of what I had heard from some other people. I just knew that I had to figure it. I had to really figure out a way to charge for my time Knowing that I had worked on video projects, it's like, okay, well, usually I get everything done in a half day, four hours, I can shoot, then I can edit a video and that might take me 20 or it might take me 40 hours. And so I had to, to figure out a way, most of the stuff that I do or that I was doing was fixed bid stuff. So send an estimate, the, the uh, client agrees to it. I charge half up front, which I didn't start out doing, but then I learned very quickly, Cash flow, you need to get away to get money in the door up front and then charge the other half after the project's over. You know, I, I tweaked things as I went. And then there were other times where sometimes I think we get really scared about those things. Like, what happens if I screw up? Like, and my clients looking at me like, oh, wait, we owe you more money. And really, I think it, it's like a whole, like as long as you're a humble person that kind of like you, you can own up to when a mistake has been made and you can be truthful with people. You can have integrity. People will respect that. And so even when you make mistakes along the way, they're going to give you kind of grace in that. So I had, I had clients and people who gave me I think a lot of grace up front.
0: It took a while for him to feel like he had a hold on things. Even though he learned a lot working for Angie's List, there were so many things he began to realize he didn't know
1: there there were a lot of things that in in terms of like running a business i mean i'd had a dad who'd done it for for years but that i just had no idea like i felt so ill equipped with uh, like i don't know how to make a i'm not a developer like i mean my dad runs a company that does that but i'm not going to like sap off my family and be like hey can you make this for me it's like this is my deal like i i have to put the effort into this um, so there there was some like fear and trepidation, like well, what if I don't land clients? Like I-, I could look like a could look like kind of an idiot if I just post this thing about how I'm starting my business, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work out. Um, and so some of that was, you know, that fear can be a good motivator, I guess, you know, um, to a degree. But I think there was also a lot of excitement. I I had spent probably more of my life not really owning up to the ways that I'm gifted and the ways that I'm wired. And even though other people had continued like telling me some of the things like, hey, I see you doing this or I see you, I hadn't really embraced that. So I think I was just really excited. I almost felt like I had a license to go out and fail, which is I think something that we don't give ourselves enough. We don't give ourselves a, a license to go out and fail and take a chance on things, and it's like you. I I talk to people all the time that say like, well, I think I'm you know a couple years I'm gonna keep freelancing I'm gonna do this, you know, and then I, I might start my business. And I'm just like, there's no time like the present. Like, uh, no day is guaranteed. And uh, I think for me, I was just excited to be out telling people about what I'm passionate about, and and then finding that people responded to that. And, and really, I think it, the other thing was like, I, there was a bit of maybe surprise. And I think that was kind of a, a, something I felt because of people who were much further ahead of me, maybe in their thirties or forties who were successful president, CEOs, like chief marketing officers who were coming to me, like I was an expert, which I still am not an expert. I'm still learning every day. And so really kind of feeling like, wow, this is, I mean, these people kind of are, are looking to me and they kind of, they trust me because I think another, you know, value and something that I've tried to live by is just treating people right. And, you know, being kind to everybody. And so they're like, we, we like you, we trust you. You know, what, what can you do and what does the process look like? And I'm like, I have no idea what the process looks like. I mean, I'll just bring a couple cameras in and we'll make a video, you know. So it was kind of exciting to learn, I think, in those early stages, what building a business actually looked like.
0: In embarking on his new path in his career, Tanner agrees that his finance background helped shape how he started his company. He says it gave him credibility among other business leaders, forced him to think strategically, and also made him think of pricing models more carefully. He knew he had to invest in things such as equipment and software, but he was careful and selective about those expenses. While he's learned quite a lot and admits openly he is still learning so much every day, Tanner says the one thing he has learned the most is the value of relationships
1: relationships really do drive a lot of of transactions and in, in business and I it goes back to maybe the honesty and integrity people want I think to be in business and working with people that they enjoy working with, that they respect, people who do good work. And I um I like people are like, well how do you like how do you sell? Like when people are always asking me that, well how do you how do you go about selling? And it's like, well I went to a dinner with a buddy of mine the other week and then we went to the bar after and I was hanging out with one of our fraternity brothers and we started talking about video and he was like, oh, I forgot you do video. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm still doing video. And he's like, yeah, we're kind of unhappy with our vendor right now. And we're looking for somebody to like step in and help out. So it's like the relationships, you just, it's not like I'm always selling people, but it's part of who I am and what I do. And so you just never know when... A relationship that you have is going to turn into uh, business. So that's I think from, a, from kind of the entrepreneurial side of things, I am, um, I still don't know if I'm an introvert or extrovert, but that's a whole other conversation. but I do enjoy talking to people as you can tell as like, I barely take breaths when I talk.: No, it's great. <laughs> it helps me It makes my job a lot easier
0: yeah. actually. His company has been alive for a few years now, which is where I think the question of what next really starts to become a reality. But Tanner's next steps, just like the rest of his career so far, are far from predictable.
1: I did I did a cinematography class in Maine back a few years ago and would love to get uh, more into film and actually working on maybe even some film projects. But specifically for my business, um, I have thought about the the prospect of you know, how do I grow this or scale this? And, um, I've been tentative with that. I feel like I've been, uh, very content and satisfied with, um, kind of operating as, as a one man band, not like, I'm just like, Oh, like, I don't want to improve or get better or do higher quality productions, but it's just, it's worked well. Um, and as anybody knows, it's like, the more, uh, cooks you have in the kitchen, the tougher it gets to, to actually cook. So I, I don't, I think like it would really be dependent upon bringing on somebody like that first hire or something that, um, would be like really get what I'm going after and what I'm doing and add, um, an element to like what I'm doing that I don't bring to the table necessarily, um. To then allow me maybe to do the things that I am better at. So I still haven't like given up on the creative side. I love the creative side of things. And I've talked to other business owners who are, who are in video who literally don't touch video anymore. They don't do anything. They just go out and sell. And I don't know if that's really me and how I'm wired. But I do think that regardless of whether my company is, you know, defined success, but is successful or. Uh, grows and scales like I. I really just want to help tell the stories that matter. Uh, for companies and organizations, and I've I've also never been a person that's been hundred percent driven by money, and so that that also is I think influenced my decision making on working with nonprofits. Like I know, getting into those conversations that they can't pay um, the amount that for profit organizations can, and. I maybe could spend my time going out and finding a for profit organization who can pay me double to triple what the nonprofit can. But, like, I care a lot about this city and about the community here. And there's just so many nonprofits that are out doing incredible work. One that I'm working with currently is Outreach on the Near East Side. And um, I've worked with Young Life, uh, both here in Chicago and some other areas. There's just a lot of nonprofits that I, I want to be an asset, I want to be like, take my skills and my talents and still offer those. And so I think I'm I'm more concerned about, am I at the end of the day doing things that I can look back on and be very proud of, and that, you know, can hopefully make a difference and an impact for people. Um, and if I've accomplished that, whether I've, uh, you know, increased revenues by, 15 10% or just like lost money in the process you know it's always the the reality of running your own business is you could have down years and but I think I'll be I'll be satisfied with that at the end of the day
0: Tanner has had so many good things to say making my job and cutting the interview down so very very hard and as much good stuff as I've had to cut this last bit I thought was really important
1: to share and really I think like if there is like anybody still listening to this that's like hey I think I'd want to do my own thing one day I mean I'm happy to talk to you I mean I don't care if you're a junior in college I don't care if you're 35 years old I don't care if you're a 10 year old uh, I mean I'll I will talk to anybody and you know also just tell people to like just get out there and go after it and give yourself that that license to fail And, um, you know, and then try again. And that's the beauty of, I think, the entrepreneurial process and being able to, sometimes you succeed, sometimes you don't, but you uh, learn to just kind of keep going, um, regardless the outcome.
0: for listening to this month's episode. Tune in again for August, where you'll get to hear from a career coach and all her advice for applying for jobs and freshening up your resume. Today's Credit for Music goes to Blue Dot Sessions with Funk and Flash, Rambling and Spunk Lit, and also Eddie with All the Way Up.